Well, friends, we are uh, three weeks into this forgiveness study, and I can tell you that there's already a problem that I am seeing that many of us are having uh, with this study. And it's around the word forgiveness. Forgiveness is this thing that we don't want to do, right? It's this, this, this topic that we don't want to do. Nobody wants to do it, right? Because forgiveness means that maybe if you offer that, if you offer someone forgiveness, uh, then someone might perceive you as weak. And we don't want to feel weak. We don't like feeling weak. This, this past uh, this past week, we actually, as a church, uh, did our forgiveness Bible study. And, and, I, and I, I opened our time together, and I asked the group that was there, and I said, uh, tell me something. Tell me why we have such a hard time with the concept of forgiveness. What are some of the reasons why we resist forgiving other people? And here's some of the answers that I got. One person said, we want justice in our lives. When we've been wronged, there's a sense of justice. We want justice, and to, to forgive somebody doesn't feel just. I thought that was an interesting observation. And then another person says, if you forgive someone who's hurt you, then it feels like you are letting them go, and it feels like you are justifying what they did to you. How many of us have ever felt like that? By forgiving somebody, you're just justifying what they've done to you. We don't want to forgive, another person said, because if we do, then you could appear weak in the eyes of the person who hurt you. We don't ever want to appear weak. We want to appear strong. We're resistant to forgive, one person said, because it's just plain unfair that you have to let go of what they did to you. It's just unfair. It was wrong. They should have to pay for what they did. That's how we feel. Forgiveness Forgiveness, there's, there's this problem with forgiveness because nobody really wants to do it. So I sat back and I said, man, I'm on a six-week journey of talking about this week after week, and nobody wants to do uh, what I'm talking about. But I think if we were to unmask this a little bit, if we were to pull back, maybe pull the layers back, we can see that nobody wants to do this because it is hard, and yet it brings healing at the same time. Additionally, I, I was realizing if we do try to forgive, if we do actually try to forgive someone, then we can risk being hurt. I think that's really one of the reasons why we don't want to forgive is because there's this risk in being hurt. There's a risk in forgiving. It's easier for us to blame others, to try and control our circumstances, to protect ourselves against further uh, coming attacks from other people. If we risk being open we risk being hurt. A number of years ago, when I was in high school, I went to a youth retreat. And at the youth retreat, it was a week-long retreat. And I remember the name of the speaker, which for those of you who know me, I, the fact that I remember his name is Keith Walker. I mean, that was a long time ago for me to remember that name. Uh, but he, he just had such an impression upon me as a, as a mentor, as a teacher. He was only there for that week. But but I learned so much from him. And, and, and Keith Walker was talking to us, not so much about forgiveness, but he was talking to us about walls, about the walls that we build up in our lives. And uh, this weekend, he talked about how we create walls when we are hurt. Every single time we're hurt, it's like we take a brick and we, we put the, the, the concrete on it and we, we put it down. And we just keep building these walls in our lives. Every time there's a hurt, we take a brick and we build a wall. We build a wall. We build a wall. Right, and so brick by brick, every time there's a hurt, we add another layer to this wall that we build in our lives. And, and if you notice over time, right, you can only go so far before the wall starts, so you have to kind of bend the wall around you. And if you do it long enough, 
you start to see that you've built an entire wall all the way around you, and suddenly you're standing inside of a column, and these bricks just keep going up and up and up. And one day we look at the wall that we're building, and we realize that we're standing in a room of our own making. Is one of the words, one of the images, the visual that, that Keith gave us one day. And, and he said, yes, by building the wall when you're hurt, you are protecting yourself from the outside world. He said, that's absolutely true. You are, by, by building a wall, you are protecting yourself from the arrows and from the darts and from the pain that might come at you. But also when you build this wall, you are trapping yourself inside. You are trapping yourself inside. And so you're walling yourself off from feeling. You're walling yourself off from hoping. You're walling yourself off from something new. When you do this, when you build these bricks and, and build this wall all around you, you are walling yourself off from healing. There's a risk in keeping our walls down. There's a risk in being open. There's a risk in, in possibly being hurt. There's a risk involved in learning how to forgive. There's a risk for us. But it's also by taking a risk, that's where we find healing. It's when we take the risk that healing can occur in our lives. As people of faith, we know something that the rest of the world doesn't get. We know something that the rest of the world doesn't get when it comes to this concept of forgiveness because we know that when we risk healing, we don't risk needlessly. We don't risk forgiveness needlessly. We know that every time, every time we risk healing, we don't do it needlessly because God can redeem every loss. God can redeem every pain. God can redeem every hurt. Our pain doesn't ever get wasted. When a family member dies or you lose your job or someone that you trust has betrayed you or you, your life implodes and you can't get closure with the person who has wronged you, in every circumstance, in every single one, you are going to have pain. That is true. But also in every single circumstance, this is equally true, that God is there to help you. He will help you pick up the pieces as you struggle. And God will turn what is a tragedy in your life into a tapestry of his amazing grace. That is equally true. Yes, there will be pain, but God is also there in the midst of the pain with you. That is what Jesus does. He redeems every loss, every loss, every pain, every hurt. God redeems what is broken. And the question for us is, can we turn the broken pieces, can we turn those broken pieces of our lives and put that loss into God's hands? That's the question for us. That's the risk. That's the openness. That's the vulnerable act on our behalf. Can you trust Jesus with the broken pieces of your life? That's the big question for all of us. If we risk being open, then we risk being hurt. But being open is where healing occurs. And if you don't risk, if you don't risk, you, you won't heal. That's equally true. If you don't risk, you won't heal. And those who don't heal, they suffer from a life of hard-heartedness. They suffer from a life of bitterness. And ultimately, they suffer from a life filled with the pain of isolation, being a room, in a room of our own design. Several years ago, there was a man, a Dr. Leon uh, Seltzer. And Dr. Seltzer wrote an article. And the article was, don't let your anger mature into bitterness. 
And he wrote this in Psychology Today. So he's a psychologist writing in this, this article for Psychology Today. And in the article, he said that all bitterness, all bitterness starts as hurt. All bitterness starts as hurt. And he went on in the article to say that bitterness can pay a high price in our life. It can cause you mental and emotional pain. It can lead you to anxiety and depression. It cannot allow you to enjoy life, to enjoy the fullness of life, and it can rob you of energy. He said there were so many negative behaviors that come into our life because of bitterness. All bitterness starts as hurt. Ultimately, he said, the cure to bitterness and to all that pain is forgiveness. That's how he summarized his article. All the answers to the bitterness and the pain of our life is found in forgiveness. And this is not a, not a Christian man writing that, that I know. I don't know what his faith is. He's a psychologist, but he's writing this to say that all the bitterness, all the pain, all the hurt is found in forgiveness, which is something that God has known forever. Forgiveness is the cure. The question is, can you, can I, can we take the broken pieces of our lives and can we place them into God's hands? That's the question. If we take that risk, then we are risking the ability to heal. If we take that risk, then we are able to heal. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to live with the pain of your past. None of us has to live with that pain from the past. And any sacrifice that we give and place into the hands of God is something that God can use to bring good from bad. He can take the bad and turn it into something good. And today I want you to travel back with me in time. I want to go back into the beginning of the Bible, the beginning of our history, the beginning of this book where God uh, reveals to us his, his plans for all of humanity. God is redeeming the sacrifice of Adam here. And we're going to look at Genesis uh, chapter 1, verses 27 to 29. And, and as we do that, let me pray for us. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of this day. I pray, God, that you would speak to us about this so important topic of forgiveness. Teach us, Lord, what you have to teach us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're looking this today at Genesis chapter 1, 27 to 29. It says this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. These are the words that God started in Genesis chapter 1 when he was talking about human beings. What a wonderful picture of, of what God has designed for us. We have this incredible picture of God's affection for people here in this passage. Our sole purpose is to be blessed by God, to be fruitful and to multiply. That's what God says. But think with me for a second. How did all of this begin? Let's think about what God is doing here. At first, God creates the world. He creates the light and the sky. He creates the earth. He creates the water. He creates the plants and the animals. And then he creates man. And we read here in, in the first chapter of Genesis that God says it wasn't good for man to be alone. And so he created woman. In the book, the Forgiving What You Can't Forget, the one that we're using 
uh, for our Bible study and the one that we're doing with this message series, Lisa Turkers makes this incredibly profound observation when she talks about this message here in Genesis. And this is what Lisa says. She says, God expressed before woman was created that it wasn't good for man to be alone. I always assumed that was because something was missing in Adam. But carefully reading the Bible helped me see that the created Adam was not incomplete. After all, when God made the man fall asleep, he didn't redo, he didn't remake, he didn't add to or renovate man at all. God actually took from him. But though it cost Adam some bone, God gave back something so much more than was taken a relationship with Eve. Any sacrifice placed into the hand of God, any sacrifice can, is something that God can bring good from. We've been created and blessed by God. God has a desire for us to live full and abundant, blessed lives. Be fruitful and multiply is what God says in the first chapter of Genesis. We're to enjoy God and to enjoy this life. And so when we have pain in our life, pain from the past, uh, hurts that we have not been able to forgive, when we have things that have been done to us in our lives that is in our past and it's pain that keeps us from living the fullness of what God has in store for us, God has made a way to redeem the past and bring good from the bad. In our pain, God says, give it to me. Give that to me and I will take it and I will give you something better. That's what God does. When it comes to forgiveness, we're not letting them off the hook. That's not what we're doing, and we're not justifying what's been done to us just by accepting the wrong that's been done to us. When we engage in a process of forgiveness, we're, we're admitting to ourselves three things. We're admitting, first of all, that we understand that every person, every person has been created by God. Every person has value. Every person has worth. You and I, even the people who have caused us pain in our past, we are all more important. We are more than the mistakes that we've made in our lifetime. We are more than those things. And so we're admitting that. Just like the first couple in the garden who, uh, who offended um, are loved by God, we, we are reminded. We are reminded every single person has been made in God's image. We, we start there. The second thing that we are admitting to ourselves is that by opening ourselves up to the possibility of forgiveness, we're shifting the focus of our energy. That's what we're doing. We're shifting the focus of our energy from, from blaming and shaming, because that doesn't do anybody good. We shift from that to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. Jesus Christ, the one who was without sin, the one who took all of our sin upon himself, Blame gets us nowhere, as I mentioned to you last week. That energy needs to be placed into focusing on Jesus, the place where we can find hope in our future. And then the third thing, lastly, I would tell you that we trust that God has uh, made something beautiful from something ugly and something that is hurtful. God can redeem it, is what I'm saying here. That's the point of faith, trusting where we cannot see. But it's not blind trust. It's, it's trusting in God who, who from a rib of Adam, he made something beautiful. From a rib that Adam gave, he created a relationship and God called that relationship good. Forgiveness is a process. But it's not something that just happens overnight. 
especially if the hurt that you've experienced has been something that's horrible, horrible. But the only way not to have pain in the future is to address the pain of the past. That's the only way we can go forward. And the only way to deal with the pain of the past is to risk vulnerability, to put the broken pieces of your life into God's hands. That's the only way for us to move forward. A famous theologian, uh, Martin Luther. Martin Luther once said this. He said, I have held many things in my hands, and I have lost them. But whatever I've placed into God's hands, that I still possess. What an amazing quote. What an amazing quote. I have held many things in my hands, and I have lost them all. But whatever I have placed into God's hands, that I still possess. Friends, we're putting this slide up in front of you. I hope that you have a pen or a paper or something nearby on your phone. Please write this down. Write this quote down and read it every day this week and see if it doesn't change your perspective. Write this quote down. I have held many things in my hands, and I have lost them all, says Martin Luther. Martin Luther, who struggled with God's grace, who fought with God over the concept of grace, who didn't want to let go of that. He, it was such a, a fight within him to understand the grace of God. And so he fought and he fought and he fought, and finally God came to him and he understood. And Martin Luther has written this down. I've held many things on my hands and I've lost them all, but whatever I've placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Write this down and read it every day and see if it doesn't change your perspective. I can't promise you that tomorrow you're going to forgive the hurt. I can't promise you you're going to forgive the hurt of your past and that, uh, that it's going to be better. I can't promise that. In fact, most likely you're going to wake up tomorrow and the hurt of your past is still going to be there. Forgiveness is a process. It is something that we engage in and we go through. And again, when we grieve something, it's natural for us to grieve the loss of, of what we have, we've experienced. But I can promise you this that as you learn to place the pieces of yourself, as you learn to place the brokenness of your past, the grief from a past hurt, the expectation that never came true, the, the person or the people who disappointed you, who abandoned you, those who have abused you, as you place them into God's hands, he will return to you so much more than you can ever imagine. Let's go back to that slide for just a second. Let's go back to that slide. I have held many things in my hands and I have lost them all, but whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Please write that down. Put it in your bathroom. Put it by your, your mirror, someplace where you will see it every day. God can redeem every loss. He can redeem every pain. He can redeem every hurt. God took Adam's bone. And when he did, he gave him back the gift of woman. Now, everything that's been taken from us in this life is taken by the hand of God. But when we mentally place each and everything into God's hands, it can be redeemed. That's the promise of the gospel. Loss is never the end of the story. God always has more for us if we will risk, if we will risk, the opportunity to be healed. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those of us who are listening to this right now because this message is so hard. 
It is not something that we take lightly. It is not something that is easy to do. We understand, God. God, we understand that we live in a world where uh, most people would think that forgiveness is a foolishness. It is a foolishness to try and forgive. But we understand, God, the truth of the matter is that forgiveness is where healing begins for us. And so, God, as we think about our past, as we think about the pains that we've experienced, and, Lord, the things that might even be ongoing, even now, Lord, teach us how to forgive. Teach us how to lift our eyes up towards you. Teach us how to have healthy boundaries that protect us, while at the same time understanding that we are to give those pains into your hands. Lord, that is not an easy thing to do. In fact, I would say it is humanly impossible to do. And so, God, we need your supernatural power here. Holy Spirit, we need to ask for you to guide us in this process. Give us faith to believe and to see where we cannot see, trusting you to lead us through all of our years. Lord, we pray this today, all of these things, in Jesus' name. Amen.